Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer Podcast. Uh, again, we have a terrific guest. And before we get into it, just a, a bit about the, the podcast. is Our podcast is always about great content, storytelling, inspiration. And today's going to be no exception. Uh, very focused on the food space, natural food, organic food, and the entire food, food chain and ecosystem sustainability. Uh, that's something we're very passionate about. Also, I'm Bruce, and I'm the CEO and uh, founder of Canada CFOs, which provides fractional and part-time CFOs to the clientele in the food chain ecosystem. Uh, we're very excited about that. That's what we do. That's our core, and we have this podcast, which is amazing. And today, we have an amazing guest. I'll tell you about her, uh, Tia Lofsgaard. Thank you for joining the podcast, Tia. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you about her. Uh, Tia is the is the executive director of the Canada uh, organic Trade Association. She's also the founder of Camo uh, uh, Chocolate, right? Camino Chocolate. Camino Camino Chocolate, which was the world's first ever uh, organic and fair trade uh, certified chocolate producer in the world. At the time, at the time, at the time they they founded it, which is pretty cool. Um, she's she's worked in everything so with her with with Tia. It's uh, ethical, ethical and sustainability trade background. That's her trade background. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an explorer. Very cool. She's going to tell your story, but she's an explorer. She's a, a natural explorer. And before we got on the podcast, she was just telling me she traveled uh, all over the world, some pleasure, some business, which is pretty cool. And uh, she lived in India. She lived in Sri Lanka. I lived in Kansas. And uh, there's a story. There's a story behind that. Uh, she's also been in the Navy. Uh, and received her basic military training. She served on serves and has served on multiple boards. Again, her passion is and worked with uh, values based organizations, and really an incredible individual giving back. Giving back like like just we're going to learn so much today. It's going to be so inspiring. Have I missed anything, Tia? <laughs> no, you're making me blush. Stop. <laughs> okay. Good, okay. good. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Great to okay. be here. Thank you. So we always start by sharing your journey is is quite interesting. And <laughs> please, please share your story, your origin story, and how you got how you got to this phase in, in your journey. That'd be pretty sure. cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a prairie girl. I come from Saskatchewan. And I think it's been a real natural journey. And it's definitely my curiosity that has led to me doing crazy things like basic military training, but in Saskatchewan where there's no water. So I'm <laughs> not that great of a sailor. Um, and then really, you know, moving on to Kansas where I worked with Mennonites for a year uh, in a, in a, in what I was hoping to do with my life, which was, I was wanting to become a social worker, but I ended up um, getting a human justice degree and I've definitely been focused on people, humanity, environment for the remainder of my career. You know, I've lived in India uh, working with, um, um, you know, uh, on a variety of projects, but it was really these overseas experiences that made me start realizing the commonality between the food system exploitation happening in India, Sri Lanka. I worked with tea plantation workers in Sri Lanka but it was the same happening back in Saskatchewan where farmers were, um, you know, so important to our food system, but were not being acknowledged for the work that they did. And um, also learning a lot of growing techniques in India, I think, has very much influenced me working always in organic and 
making sure that the workers are not getting sprayed and that the land is not getting sprayed. So I think it's somehow wound me to the place that I, um, I've, you know, I, I did a very naive thing when I was 26, I started a business with two buddies, <laughs> two buddies and uh, we're like, why isn't the world a better place? We should definitely try to understand why there's exploitation happening in cocoa. And that was, there was a child labor um, expose by B BBC that came out back in 1999 when we started it. And we're like, we got to do something about it. So we started a company to challenge the other companies to um, showcase why it wasn't profitable and why they weren't um, working in a sustainable and ethical way. So that's what led to us um, we started in a church basement and in our homes and, you know, I, I stayed with the company for 10 years and it's doing very well still, Camino Chocolate. And uh, I'm very proud of the work that they've done. It, we started as a worker-owned co-op. So when I, you know, it was my time to leave the company, I went on to work for Fairtrade International, which is the global network for all fair trade on the certification side of things. And I continued to motivate and influence other businesses to go into fair trade. And fair trade and organic very much go together because the um, environmental standards of fair trade are the um, pathway for how uh, farmer groups can become organic certified. So then, you know, in a, the last couple of years, uh, I guess I've, it's actually my seven year anniversary this week being with the Canada Organic Trade Association. Congratulations. And, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've got stay in power. It's a, it's a big job, but it's a, it's an important one. And I think it's really important for us to continue to move the sector forward in in Canada as well as on the international trade side. So it's been it's been a passion all of my life. I think I've been very fortunate to be able to do uh, jobs that move the needle forward, I think, for sustainable agriculture. That's incredible. You were um, you were basically ahead of your time with fair trade because now it's become more mainstream. Uh, you see it on logos, but but ten years ago or twenty years ago, it twenty just, twenty. I think we started at 23, 23 years ago. We started twenty three years ago. Yeah. Uh, you were like the the pioneers in that in that we were the like, ones who helped influence what the standards would be um so you know we've, we've worked with latin american um producers and it's been quite the journey you know just to see how how now there's a global system with more than just cocoa and sugar but back in the day there was only fair trade coffee and it was really this moment of me working in education i was doing a a follow-up to the work that I'd done in Sri Lanka, I did a, a tea tour educating students about the exploitation of tea and, and what's happening on the global political side with these big commodities. And I was like, these kids aren't listening because it's not relevant. They don't drink tea. And that's where we kind of said, let's go cocoa, let's go sugar. Um, let's make them understand because, you know, it, and so we started with hot chocolate and it was um, really, you know, something that all of a sudden now people realize, wow, there's an option. And we always knew, because especially our generation, we knew that there could be a better choice and that people should have the choice. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the point of Camino, the, the meaning of the word Camino means um, pathway. And we wanted to be able to connect a consumer to understanding where their products come from and reciprocally for the 
producer to understand and have a compassionate buyer that cares about them on the other end. So it's been, you know, an awesome journey and I've loved working in, in all the, all the areas that I have so far. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. So let's talk about, now let's, let's jump into the, the in, in, into the association with the, uh, like there's, there's some, I call them burning platforms, burning issues. And what, what, what's, what's going on? You know, like in your in your neck of the woods, what's what's the hottest? There, there's a lot. What's what are the burning issues right now going on that you'd like to share? I probably probably got like five of them, but I'll focus on one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's never Remember, dull. This podcast is a twenty twenty five minute podcast. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. the biggest issue that we've been working on is um, a change at the federal government side uh, where. In the past, or currently, let's put it this way, currently, for products to be um, regulated as GMOs, they have to go through a health and safety assessment. And the reason that we care about this in organic is because um, organic prohibits GMOs and genetic engineering. But the government is redefining what constitutes a genetic, um, genetically modified or what they deem to be novel foods. And they've changed the definition of what they consider to be a novel food for any of the new genetic engineering technology, such as CRISPR and a few other techniques that doesn't actually splice DNA. So I'm not going to go total geeky because I'm not an expert in GMOs, (laughs) but the big impact on the organic sector is that with this change of the definition it means that they're not going to have any health and safety assessment and they're not going to have any traceability or any transparency on new genetic engineering techniques coming to Canada, which makes it very difficult for farmers to avoid genetic engineering seeds because they will not be labeled, they will not be on a website or a directory, and there will also be no government process to track them to know whether they're causing a problem out in the environment. So there's no recall ability There's no traceability of these uh, new products that they want to allow. And they've taken a very narrow stance on this. And they said, we've determined that there's that it's safe. And we're like, well, it's never been released into the environment. There is absolutely a risk that it could affect biodiversity. And we know it could and will uh, affect organic production because we won't know where it's being planted. And there's been some really concrete examples that we've been able to highlight to them. In 2018, there was genetic engineered wheat found in a ditch in Alberta. And we immediately, as a country, Canada got banned for all exports of wheat for a month and a half by Japan and South Korea. Because if we don't know about it and it could be blowing into our other products, our trading partners say, no way, Jose. And really, organic is the only risk assurance that we have because organic prohibits it. So we can avoid it. We can know, um, you know, if a farmer's planting it, we understand that. We put up buffer zones, et cetera. And we do have to do a lot more on, on testing of products and take on all these extra costs in order to try to coexist with uh, genetic engineered products or GMOs. But the biggest issue um, of this new situation is even more grave because we won't even know what is GE out on the marketplace. So for about a year now, um, yeah, May 2021, isn't that crazy? 
it's actually even two years. We, we've been in dialogue and talking to the government and stating our opposition. And we've had meetings and petitions and all sorts of discussions. So we're right at the final moment here where we're going to find out what the minister's decision in is. And, and we're really hoping um, that the minister takes the right decision. She did make a public proclamation in the media last September um, that said that she is going to protect the organic sector and that she has asked her agency, which is Agriculture Canada, to go back and do a better job and find a, find a solution. So that's why we've had several meetings um, following from that December meeting that we had in 2022. But it's really a question mark of where this is going to land. And so we're trying to do everything in our final hour here to uh, get companies to speak up and get consumers to raise their voice and get in touch with their MPs. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite concerning. Yeah, okay. Well, the consumer, ultimately, I'm talking from the consumer's point, they'll get fooled. I mean, they 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 think they're buying... Is that, is that they're going to think they're buying organic, but it's not really organic? Is that, what, is that one of the risks? Like, what... How, I wouldn't say that that's because we can continue to do testing, but some of these new technologies that are out there, which we won't even know if, if it's out there, that's the problem. We don't know if we have to test. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, But also some of the tests, um, what we're hearing, I mean, we don't know about the new ones that will come to market or not, but some of the new technologies are not discernible through testing. So how will anybody know? How will, and I mean, for me, that's very questionable of how how can these patent seed holders um, who are putting out their new technology make their money if they can't even determine through testing of whether it's being used? So there's there's lots of questions that are unanswered. And what other jurisdictions have done is they've made sure that they um, either keep the whole safety health and safety assessment, but they definitely are transparent about what is on the market and have the ability to recall. So this is where we've been really focusing our efforts uh, to convince the government. At minimum, you need to keep doing the process that you have been doing. Mm-hmm. So why are, why are they even questioning why what's the what's the do you know what's drive what's driving the, the i guess the behavior is that the right word i don't know what's the right word but well i mean biotech is a very strong what? powerful industry yeah, and yeah, yeah. they've been lobbying for this for years and years and years and um you know we sit on the agile regulations roundtable and this topic came up there and we were like okay uh that's not something that should be made agile you should always be doing the precautionary principle if it's new right you don't know what the ramifications are and this is you know the the great debate um what does their science say in regards to whether it is safe or not the big thing about genetic engineering of seeds is that the seed grows up and everything else around it once it's sprayed with pesticides will die but not that seed so the concern for the sector for consumers and consumers health is that GE seeds and pesticides go hand in hand. So that is that is the issue is that we're going to have more pesticides coming to market alongside these seeds. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see what's going to happen, which mm-hmm. creates a whole new set of problems. Absolutely. 
Exactly. And I mean, the government has definitely gone um, in the direction of talking about climate change and wanting to make some commitments and trying to hit the sustainable development goals. And they've just signed on to the COP15 biodiversity protocol. So all these, all this move away from that puts organic in danger and introduces more pesticides and more genetic engineering into our environment is not the right move. It's the opposite of what they should be doing. They should be going more precautionary and they do have, um, goals that they've set in, in to reduce and become net zero on uh, carbon by 2050 and a 30% reduction on pesticides and fertilizers by, I can't remember what date, but like, this is, this is encouraging it. And I, I do understand the pressure that the federal government is under. Um, but, you know, I think they have to take some leadership on this topic. They have to, you know, because the last thing is you, you made so many valid points is it's just, it's, it's ultimately a danger to the potential danger to consumers but consumers also want to know what 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 they're consuming. That's right. You know, and I, and that, I that's not right. That let them, we let them not, have their choice. Yeah, we don't have GMO uh, labeling in Canada. We have a voluntary system where companies can choose to go non-GMO verified, or they can get organic certified. Those are the yeah, two. They have not, yeah, they two have GMO. Ver- yeah, you can see on the, on the label on the labels. It's 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 the yeah, it's right. But non-GMO also could still have pesticides. Organic is the only standard and label out there that makes sure that there's, um, you know, prohibits pesticide use as well as genetic engineering. So I think this is where, you know, we come at this from a unique place because we're a very um, profitable sector. We've grown to be $9 billion. We're the fifth largest organic market in the world. Consumers want it. Two thirds of Canadians are buying organic on a weekly basis, right? And that's not changing the statistics say that the next generations are the larger consumers. So you take the 18 to 24 year olds, they're the largest organic consumer base. And then it goes into the millennials and the, you know, people with kids, et cetera. But that means the wave of the future is that there's going to be more organic demand, not less. It's not fading. I've changed my, I personally changed my hat. Well, I've been, I've been organic a long time, but especially not when I was in my twenties, frankly, I'd eat anything. You know, when I was that age, you know? But I go. That's I, not unless, the case anymore. Now they're very discerning on what. Very discerning. Unless there's a snowstorm where I'm desperate, you know, I go to a, I go to organic. All my produce, all that stuff is organic. Yeah, I'm sure all that stuff organic. behind your head is is organic. Your pineapple. We need to see the organic sticker on a few of those. <laughs> yeah, sure. I should, I, should, I should, eh? I show you my 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 fridge. It's full of like organic greens. I'm very big on my greens are all organic, all the dark, awesome. you know, the dark leafy vegetables. And yeah, it's so exactly. it's, I think it's so important and it's helped to it. Who knows, you know, but I believe it's improved my health, but I guess yeah. just, uh, it's chemicals. The whole, the whole well, thing I mean, kind of grosses I, me. It, yeah. It's ludicrous to me to think, why would we think it's okay to spray a bunch of chemicals on our food? No, How it, can it this be good for our system? Right. Because most people, most people really don't know. Yeah. They know. don't know. They know, but they don't know. Uh, or you hear, oh, it hasn't killed me yet. Well, I don't think yeah, you or, should be choosing something that. Or it looks colorful. But no, it's just, um, and I, I'd love to see a lot more organic in the mainstream. And really, it's not that much, um, from my perspective, I don't see that much of a difference in price. I mean, it's, to me, it's worth it. I mean, 
We're not mm-hmm. talking like millions of dollars here. Um, you know, I, I saw a great... Percept- there's misperceptions. I mean, there's of things. There's. Like... We just had a really good session when I was down at Expo West with the, the SWINS data people, and they showed us all of the current statistics of what is the effect of inflation on organic, yep. and you know. Of course, inflation is a concern for everybody, and we want to make sure that consumers can afford everything. But the price differential between conventional and organic is 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 becoming much less. It's and the much less increases yeah. as a percentage is much higher on conventional products. So, what we're seeing and their trajectory is that it's going to continue to grow. And that was U.S. statistics, but I think we're close enough, you know, that we're going to see the same results here in Canada. So, and I mean, certainly from our members, we've seen that there is continued growth. The pandemic has really convinced people to invest in their health. Right. And, and yeah. make sure that you know what you're eating. So we've maybe seen a switch away from so much fresh product um, and getting more into frozen or canned goods yep. um, or maybe switching to a brand that's a little bit less expensive. Um, and there is a lot more choice these days. So. But but also it has to do with personal safety. Like when I see organic, I have the perception, which is the right perception that is going to be healthier for me. And stay away from the, you know, everybody has a choice. Everybody, everybody has their choice. That's yeah, just the yeah. choice that, that people make. Uh, that it, it's healthy. There's certain things that you like. See, like non-GMO. The we, we can talk about this for hours. You know, for <laughs> hours and hours. This is, you know, this has been very, very insightful. Uh, really, really good. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, is Great. there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to mention that is um, that you'd like to mention that? Um, before we end the podcast. Over sure. To- I mean, we do a lot of consumer awareness raising um, within the association as well. So I always try to encourage people to um, follow our web pages, which is Choose Canada Organic on the consumer yep. side. And of course, the work that we're doing at our association is to make sure that we're promoting and protecting organic for the long-term viability. So if you haven't heard of us yet as an association, please reach out because we're here to service our members and the industry and make sure that we're, uh, you know, building the right pathway forward uh, for an organic action plan for Canada. That's all. And if people want to get involved, that's the way to do it. Just let's say, cause you mentioned this thing to get involved, they just go like, just what you said, they just go to the site and. Yeah. So choose Canada organics, the consumer site, or you can just go Canada-organic.ca. Awesome. So one of them. But yeah, reach out. Love to talk to you. You sure, everybody. This is important stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Tia, for coming on the podcast. All this right. Awesome. Thanks so this much. Awesome. Take care. Have we a wonderful day, everybody. Take care. Bye bye.